If you're all sitting comfortably, then we'll begin. Well, hey there, fellow nerds and ne'er-do-wells. I'm AJ, and welcome to the Adventurers Anonymous podcast, the home of fantasy fucknuggetry. Come join us week by week as a rotating cast of geeks sip cocktails, play Dungeons and & Dragons, and dance around the boundaries of common decency. As ever, I am joined by the usual hive of scum and villainy. First up, we have a man who has only recently come out of witness relocation. Having wintered in Mexico, it's Mr. Chris Rag. You're on mute. It's one of the rules of witness protection. You have to be on mute at all times. It has times. to be voiced by an actor. <laughs> His lawyer has given us a statement, which I will now read out. Hi, I'm, I'm, I'm Chris Rag. The narrator is meant to come in. <laughs> I will. I will. I will overdub you with a, with a Mexican voice artist. <laughs> I am Chris Huevo now, and uh, it's a pleasure to meet you all for the first time. Wow. Bongiorno. Amazing. Never let it be said that we do not have some spectacular talent on this show. Right, next up, coming to us live and direct from the mystical lands of Finland, is Mr. Matt Durant. Right, so having recently visited the UK, I have to ask you, who has the best bar snacks? England or Finland? Um... I don't know. I... Or is your nearest bar seven miles across the Arctic tundra on a sled? Well, yeah, the there is a very low proportion of pubs and bars to domiciles oh. in Finland. So I really couldn't tell you because I've not been anywhere that serves snacks. So I guess by default, the UK. So none, just a bowl of snow. Yeah, just in general as well. Where do you think Finland is? You talk about the Arctic tundra. I was like... I'm sure it's not. I don't know. In that direction. Do you know the furthest east I've ever been is Whitby. Genuinely, I don't think I've ever been... I've, I've been south a little bit. Ugh. I've never been west. I got lost and ended up in Scotland once, but I've never made it as far as Finland. So, you know, as far as I'm concerned, it's Lapland for days. It's just a mystical land of snow, reindeer, and liberalism. <laughs> That's what Matt says when he goes for a lap dance. <laughs> this may be called Finland, but tonight it's Lapland, oh, baby. Has no one done that? <laughs> you know, the, the, I've, I've probably told you this, but there's two exotic dance bars in Tampa, and one's called Showtime, which is completely un, uninspired, and the other's just called uh-huh. Restaurant Big Tits. <laughs> <laughs> but Lapland does it? Does what? it do lunch? I, I think it must do. <laughs> We've talked about this before, haven't we? The, uh, the, the we big did. tits we lunch. Did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Lunch yeah. hour. No? Are we? <laughs> we said we were going to try and find it, see if they'd got like a conference room that we could hire out. Oh, yes, yes. So just out, just out of curiosity, I don't want to milk this too much because Chris Rag is on a tight time budget here, listeners. Is it? Like the Japanese, where you get games like Metal Gear Solid, which probably sound amazing to people who don't speak English. Is it, is, or is it called Restaurant Big Tits in Finnish? Or is no, it literally just en- the English? No, it's in English, yeah. Someone, someone picked the, yeah. the dictionary. So it sounds really classy if you're Finnish and don't speak English. I think so. I don't know if Big Tits is classy in, in any language. <laughs> now hold on. <laughs> now hold on. Who said what? <laughs> I heard Milka. <laughs> Milka's like, motherfucker, that's where we almost went for your birthday. <laughs> <laughs> Dear God. Right, well, there you go. I think we have uh, milked that for all it's worth. 
So, moving on. Next up, we have a man who needs no introduction. Now, you will know him from his best-selling tell-all autobiography entitled Tall Tales from a Tiny Todger. <laughs> it's Mr. Chris Neal. Tall Tales from a Tiny what? Todger. Okay, sorry. Your, your audio actually cut out. I actually, had to, I actually needed to know. Uh, tall Tales from a Tiny Todger. Okay, thank you. That's very good. That's very alliterative. It's a Finnish word. Sure, sure it is. It is. Sure. It's uh, it's Finnish for reindeer with five legs, one of which drags in the snow as it gallops. A todger. Somehow the idea of a tiny todger is even more terrifying than a regular-sized todger then. There you go. All right. Mm. Jesus Christ, we're out of practice no. at this, listeners. This is, uh, this is our first time actually doing this in about a month. Right. It's been a while. I think I don't think we've actually played in about a month, probably. So, who would like a quick recap? Oh God, me! Yes, Daddy. Fuck off! I swear to God, I will give your character irritable bowel syndrome if you call me Dungeon Daddy one more time. Wow! I had to spin the wheel of horrible things there in my mind and had to downgrade that quite considerably from various other ailments till we got to something that was broadcastable. Yeah. Okay, right. So, last we left off, the players, the Crunkfuckers, had arrived back in the city of Nicodranus, having brought together the four Emmentals, which they had gone to the four corners of the planet to find. They came back to the city of Nicodranus to try and track down Sister Perineus, who sent them off to find the four Emmentals in the first place. Now, having arrived back... They were welcomed with some uh, sites that they'd seen before, various shops and restaurants and the harbour side. But the biggest of which was the uh, the body of the dragon turtle, Ermenfrau, which they had slain in the quayside. Well, they'd slain it out at sea and then it had wandered into the quayside, causing havoc. But the carcass of which had been turned into a tiki bar. And we'll come back to that tiki bar in a bit. Now, having travelled a bit inland into Nicodranus, they had tracked down the Church of the Blind Pauper, where they were looking for Sister Perineus. Unfortunately, she was nowhere to be found. Instead, they discovered that the church had been turned into a one-time thrift store, being run by the illustrious gentleman known as Garibaldi Bandito who did his very best to flirt with Tati. Unfortunately, Tati was not for sale, and uh, he had to set off for Aristobulus. Garibaldi telling the players that Sister Perineus had trekked off into the mountains, the Sirius Mountains, where she was in a mountain village called Snig Thickets, where she had taken the orphans that she was looking after at the church after they had been attacked. So the players at some point will have to take a journey up into the Sirius Mountains, just above Nicodranus, to try and find her. But before the episode could close, Tati refused all of my offers to go shopping and decided to make a beeline for the tiki bar, whereby all the players had themselves a good old-fashioned shindig and a cocktail and introduced themselves to the owner of the tiki bar, who was known as Tooks, or Adame Tookminster. And uh, Tati made the offer to Tooks to buy the tiki bar. Now... Tooks, being a sensible business lady, said, I'm not going to sell it to you now. Maybe you'd like to wine me and dine me a little bit, and suggested that she knew a restaurant in Nicodranus, which just happened to be 
the very same restaurant Belsiar went on a date at is called Spread and Dip. And it's a lovely little al fresco restaurant run by the one-time chef Ruben Guaves. She said, why don't you meet me there tomorrow night? And so the players carried on cavorting. I believe last we saw Hanash, he was surrounded by goblins on the dance floor dancing to folk music. And it's about that kind of moment at the end of your antics, I suppose, that we will pick up with this storyline. And I will happily answer any questions. I thought I'd have more questions, but no. Dancing? Yeah, cool. Back. <laughs> <laughs> We've just refused to call to adventure, and we're just, we're now entrepreneuring. <laughs> I need to do some shopping at some point. Maybe if we're at the end of the night, maybe like, and we're going to be around for tomorrow night anyway, then maybe tomorrow morning I can do some shopping because I have no armor. And I would love a new bow if, that, <laughs> if, 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 I, if I possibly could. That would be fantastic. Or another, another ranged weapon of some sort. So it'd be nice to have a shopping trip without it getting... You know what? I'm not even going to say it. I'm not even going to say it. So I don't want to jinx it. I don't want to jinx it. I need to buy everything because all my stuff is at the bottom of the sea. You do. You lost everything. Now, listeners, for those who don't know, about 12 episodes ago, there was an almighty fight with a golden dragon. And uh, unfortunately, Belsiar was slain. His body, being a vampire, turned back into mist and all of his belongings plummeted to the bottom of the Lucidian Ocean. So I don't know what you're wearing currently. <laughs> Possibly some burlap sacks or something. But yeah, maybe. Yeah. I think I've still got a... Wait, if I still have this, this is wild. I've still got a cape of flayed skin. Oh. Oh. Yes. From when we were at, like, Brannigan the Browns or something like that. So I think if nothing else, I will give you that and maybe some of, like, the cold weather clothes that we got ages ago before we went to Pale Bank Village. (laughs) Jesus Christ, that was like 114 episodes ago. Yep. This is why you get behind the paywall, folks. The <laughs> the irony of that is, I think Belsiar was wearing a cape of flayed skin before he died. Yeah, the infamous and Whittacombe. But funnily enough, for a different reason. <laughs> yeah, and Whittacape. <laughs> and Whittacape. I wish I could have homebrewed that item. <laughs> no, you still can, there's still time. Provides disadvantage on all intelligence, wisdom and charisma checks. <laughs> yeah. I would have liked to have seen that. So I bring you back into the action in the Tiki Bar. You are inside the shell of a dragon turtle, which has been hollowed out, had a bar put at one end, and currently has lots of heaving, sweaty locals pumping to the folk beat of a fiddler. And you can see thaumatological magic has been used as coloured lights race across the dance floor as... As you hear the frantic fiddling going on, all of you, I imagine, I I can't guarantee this, have come to the end of your gyrations and are ready to step out into the night air. It is about ten o'clock in the evening. (laughs) Fucking bedtime. (laughs) Maybe we should inquire here, see if they have any rooms. It's either that or we go back to that other pub that we frequented in Nicodranus. I can't remember what its what its name was off the top of my head. Uh, the Busty Barnacle? It was, yeah. Wow, nice. That was a real-life intelligence check, folks. <laughs> yeah, it was It was indeed called the Busty Barnacle, uh, and you stayed there, 
And just for, well, uh, do you know what? I'm not even going to tell you. I'm not even going to tell you, but you do know yeah. where the Busty Barnacle is from here. It's slightly into the quayside and back up the stairs that take you up onto the hillside on the left. Yeah, maybe I'll check with Tooks to see if they have any rooms here. I assume they don't, because if it, especially if it's like a tiki bar. Actually, yeah, it's a tiki bar. There's no fucking rooms here. As you lean over the bar, you have to do that thing where you shout over the music to be heard as she leans forward. Uh, for anyone who hasn't joined us before, Tooks is the uh, owner of the Tiki Bar. She's a woodland elf with platinum blonde hair that runs long. It's full of like weird beads and trinkets that she's collected as she's clearly been a traveler and she's got like several ironic sleeves of different iconography and runes that she's collected on her travels. As she leans over, she's like, right, I don't know what you're... No, no, there's not rooms, not that we rent. I mean, I, I live in the skull, but I own the place. So, no. No, unfortunately, uh, I've only just met you, and I will not be jumping into bed with you. But thank you very much. No, thank you. And thank you very much for your help. And I will scurry out of there with the 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 grace and charisma of a half-drunk man at... 10 o'clock in the evening. Excellent. As you dismount the bar, as a gnome, you scuttle off between people's legs as you get a cheer from the crowd. As I can't, I don't know if you remember, but last time uh, you bought everyone around. Uh, in fact, oh, I, I think yeah. Belsiar went as far as to buy everyone two rounds. So you get a standing ovation, if that's the correct term, from everyone in the bar as the fiddler plays you out with a little jaunty number. I jauntily walk my way back to like back to the door, and then I turn around and give everyone a very deep bow before I uh, before I walk out and join the rest of my companions. Amazing! I give each like goblin like a little spin like before I before I go, and then I leave. <laughs> Belsiar Toad Flaps is just leaning against your leg as you hear her sigh as she looks over at all of the goblins who are hanging off Hanash as she's like. Right, look at those little hussies. Fucking hell. He's dripping in the green today, isn't he? <laughs> don't take it personally. You don't know where he's been. I know where he's been. You're probably, you're probably better off if I'm... No, no offence to Hanash, but... <laughs> I don't know. I'm sure... I mean... That stung more than every ice knife you've ever fired. <laughs> Can I, uh, do I need to roll if I was with an earshot at that? And I... Oh, yeah, you, I mean, you can do, yeah. Um... Roll for psychic damage. <laughs> <laughs> roll me a perception skill check. Uh, okay, here we go. First roll of the day. First roll of 2024. 19. Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> I realised going into that that we didn't want a high roll. (laughs) (laughs) You hear a cough as Hanash is standing behind you. Oh, hey. Hey, Big H. (laughs) How's it? How's it going? Shall I roll a constitution saving throw if I cry or not? (laughs) (laughs) That's up to you. I'm not here to tell you how you feel, Hanash. You've just been stabbed through the heart by your closest friend and confidant. There's no limitation on how you feel. Not that your heart's beating anymore, you are a vampire. I'm like silent for like maybe like a minute, but for Belsar it must feel like <laughs> ten days. 
And I go, <laughs> ah, he knows me. Oh, and I slap you. him on the back a little, a little bit harder than I probably he would like. <laughs> As Toad flaps, the little goblin just looks slightly awkward as she's like, evening, and just scuttles off. Now, of the three of you, the two of you being vampires, only Tatty will notice the lovely coolness of the air as you step out of the tiki bar, which is hot, heaving, and sweaty, and very close and humid. You go out into the night of Nicodranus, and the first thing that hits you, Tatty, is the beautiful, cool ocean breeze that just wafts across you. As you reach a hand to your forehead, you feel the beads of sweat and take in lungfuls of cool, crisp night air. As you stand on the edge of the square, looking around at the various late-night dining and drinking establishments, which, you know, have, uh, which kind of spill out onto the quayside. You know that if you walk all the way to the back of the quayside, there's a winding stairs that head up to the cliffs. And, you know, uh, just up on the left-hand side is the Busty Barnacle, an inn of some repute. You've certainly stayed there and lived to tell the tale, so. I think if I'm slightly sweating from the tiki bar, uh, I will stop throwing ass up and down the streets of Nicodranus as I walk. Maybe just take a gentle stroll in the moonlight. But yeah, if we get to the Busty Barnacle, I'll usher everybody in. Everybody in the menagerie of pets and and familiars that we have. It's like a school trip. Gotta make sure everybody's safe. Uh, I think I ate quite recently. I think you me did. and Belsia took someone into... Yes, yeah, this evening. I was just wondering, yeah. Where we're yeah, chronologically, you would have eaten this evening. You took a tortle sailor. There was an elderly tortle sailor with a chipped wooden pipe between his teeth, and you you ushered him off into an alley and sucked him dry. That sounds weird, now that I said that out loud. And you just deposited his body in the alley. Even though you were but a stone's throw away from the harbour side, you just left him dead in an alley. And uh, the other irony is, I'm pretty sure, if judging on previous episodes, uh, you still have quite a lot of dried blood on you, the pair of you. It's jelly. It's juice. It's juice. It's juice. <laughs> Look, if I've told you once, I'll tell you again. I had an accident with cranberry juice. <laughs> <laughs> Damn juice boxes. <laughs> straw never works. Right. Could the three of you, each of you in your own turn, make me a perception check as a party? Twelve. Thirteen. Natural O2. I mean, natural 20. Aha. <laughs> natural 20. Okay. So all of you wandering through the quayside and just taking in the beautiful crisp night air and just looking at the other revelers and late night party goers tatty you're in fact absolutely kind of besotted by how clear the moon is through the night sky as you look up at the beautiful bright moon hanash you're thinking back your tummy's rumbling and you've got memories of only a few hours ago having pumped a turtle none of you are really on the ball as you walk your way up the stairs towards the busty barnacle but Belsiar it's you the academic who's been paying attention and actually taking in your surroundings it's academic famously street smart (laughs) it's only as you walk up the stairs that you realise 
you've passed a disproportionate number of elves as you watch another one pass you and you look over at the same outfit on the elves. As you look as he passes you, you see an elf in hard black leather armor with a black cloak off the back. And in the stitching on the cloak is like an intricate stitching of a beautiful silver tree with silver leaves and kind of like flowing roots. As you realize you've passed more than one with these elves this evening on the way from the tiki bar, as you watch him just walk back down the stairs away from you, you turn around as your two companions are giddily climbing up the stairs, heading towards the door of the busty barnacle, which is just in front of you. As you, as you catch up with them, deal with that information what you will. Say, fellas, have you ever heard of the mystical outfit of the elves who wear black and then have like a silvery tree thing on their backs? I mean, didn't we kill a load of people from elves that lived in the forests? Could that be these people? <laughs> do we do we recognize the description of that insignia and or the the uniformity of that outfit? I was thinking maybe it was um, Theolian's brother. That Ob- Oberon, yeah. I think his name was. Make me, bitty, bitty, bitty. yeah, make. Uh, I'm gonna say make me a history check. We never get to do history checks. <laughs> Ooh, thanks, Dungeon Daddy. Do you want to do it with advantage, Bubba? With help, actually. Yeah, just someone. Yeah, I'm happy for sure. someone to do it with advantage, or all of you to, to. Someone can do it with triple advantage. That's not even a thing. Mega advantage. <laughs> well, I've just done it with advantage and I got a 15. A 15. As Belsiar is recounting this story to you, through the fog and miasma of the alcohol that you've consumed this evening, suddenly you sober up and you stop. You're, you haven't gone into the busty barnacle. You're leaning on the doorframe as you think and you think and you think. As yes, through the through time, you go back to the adventures that you've had and realize you have had run-ins with elves before. Elves who lived in the forest of whom you you desecrated some of their sacred relics and uh, fled the forest, having watched uh, one of your closest friends slain, to the best of your knowledge. This has all the hallmarks and possibilities of that. As you, as you very rapidly sober up, what was once a jovial mood has now turned into a sinister and anxious mood as you're now looking in all directions based on the description of Belsia. Is there a window on the inn that we could peer through? Absolutely there is, yeah, yeah. Are they, like, hanging around outside the inn or are they, like, is it is it just people that we've walked past? Oh, no, it's just people that you've crossed. So yeah. That, that's why okay. Belsiar was the only one who noticed it. You were busy, like, staring at the moon and enjoying the coolness. Hanash was just thinking with his bloodlust. And it was only Belsiar who was almost statistically, analytically observing people who he walked past, was like, hang on a minute, there's there's a glitch. I've walked past that NPC four times now <laughs> as he looked around. Too real. Too real. Too real, AJ. Too real. Abort. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Abort. Abort. <laughs> <laughs> And this is where our advert for Baldur's Gate. Bal- Baldur's Gate. <laughs> Bal- Baldur's Gate. Uh, yeah, Belsiar, you've you've noticed this, but they're not. You know, they're just spread out. They're just people you've walked past. 
You look around now, Tati, your head on a, sw- on a pivot, swiveling left, right, looking up and down the alley. You, you kind of dash out into the alley. You, you just see people just going about their business. You know, some people going out for a drink, couples walking home from a restaurant and a man pushing a wheelbarrow full of fruit to his shop. So there's, yeah, you see no more else. Yeah, I think I'd feel better if, I assume Belsia would say this as well, that if if it's just like one by one every now and again that we see, if we see a, a big group of them together, I'm not super worried about it for tonight. I think because we're going to be here tomorrow anyway, I think I'll probably just say it's probably just something that we keep an eye on tomorrow because if they're if they're here, they might be they might be looking for Theolian, and it might mean that they have a lead on him, um, or it might be that they're looking for us. Um, maybe that's just the New Year's optimism for me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's either that, well, maybe they're looking for us. I don't know, but it's probably something worth keeping an eye on tomorrow. Is it worth doing a Fellowship of the Ring, booking in at one inn and then secretly going to another inn to throw them off our scent? See what you did there? We're going to have to find the perfect two rooms <laughs> in two different inns that have like a perfect view of each other so that we can all sit and lean on the on the side of the window at the same time like Aragorn does when he just like looks at the, looks at the Nazgul. I mean, it'll definitely be the coolest thing we've ever done. That, that, it, it does rely on them bursting into our room trying to kill us which is a 5% chance A. bursting into our rooms and, tr- and trying to kill us uh, and B. being fooled by at best a bunch of pillows <laughs> I think we should set up like a string telephone between as well so when they get there we can like they can put it to their ear and we can go hi gotcha Ah, fuck you! Look at me! I'm over here, and then and then run as quickly as possible. And then they follow the string. Oh no! <laughs> they walk into the room. There's like a this is such a terrible idea. There's a plastic cup on a table, and it starts ringing. <laughs> I think I'll point to the busty barnacle and just say, "I think we head inside. Maybe get one more drink, and then get a nice rest." Okay. You're, you're leaning on the door jam. Just to give you a bit of context, Buster Barnacle is your quintessential fantasy inn. Large, broad, beamed, uh, with white wash on the walls, with black wooden beams running up it. A massive oaken door with metal studs in it, which you're standing outside. Some empty drinking uh, area at the front with tables and benches uh, which have a couple of people sitting at them currently and uh, windows to the left and to the right of the door which are not foggy they're just hazy they haven't been cleaned in a long time and being that there's a roaring fire in the busty barnacle they're a little bit sooty but uh, they, they are glowing currently and should you want to you could observe the busty barnacle through the windows before you enter but that is wholly up to you i think we just head inside it's pretty late um i'll I'll go up and talk to the to the bartender i do have his name written down somewhere but i can't remember what it is off the top of my head i know we've met him before because we've been here before he was he was a how man tabaxi no aracocra 
That's correct. Yeah, yeah, he was. So as you push open the door, you're greeted with a blast of warm air having come in from the cool, crisp night of the, of the port side. You're hit with the smoky kind of like beautiful flavors of the inside of the inn which is equal parts wood smoke from the fire pipe smoke from the denizens and also just the weird kind of coppery stench of spilled beer as you you open the door it swings to and everyone in that local pub kind of way stops what they're doing swings around and stares at you a man stopping with a dart in midair at the dartboard, just turning and everyone playing cards at the back table, looking around. As you look over at the bar and you see the giant portly form of the Aracochran innkeeper, uh, who is kind of like slightly off-white. You imagine in youth he was probably white, but he, he doesn't wash and he's worked in a smoky tavern most of his life, so he's gone that kind of weird piss yellow, the kind of colour of melamine plastic <laughs> when it's been left too long. Stoth smoke, tobacco stains. Yeah, he look. he's a big lad for an owl. He looks like he could hold his own and a big amber beak kind of coming out the middle of his face and a pinny across his portly tummy. As his whole face lights up, he's like, Oh my God, it's you guys! I've missed you! Are we Are we going to have a magic show tonight? As he looks <laughs> over at Belsia. Oh, if you're lucky, Harry. Uh, <laughs> you know my name, you daft cunt. Larry. Yikes. Uh, can I use? Hmm, now, now, yeah, maybe there is time for a, a magic show. I used to take thoughts to find out his name to avoid <sighs> any awkward. God, <laughs> yes. Uh, do I have to make any kind of saving throw for detect thoughts? I can bring the rules up, but I figure you've got them in front of you. Wisdom. For, um, no, yeah, I get it. You get it automatically. Okay. You get the surface thoughts, and be- because you did just talk about his name, I guess he's... It's only if I want to go deeper. I can't, I can't believe you don't know my name is Bill. Yeah, as as you you stare at him really weirdly and long, long and creepily holding his gaze as he looks at you, he's like, <laughs> All right, you mad bastards. As you're, like, listening to the thoughts that are just seeping out of his mind, as, first of all, he's like... Oh God, I do hope that orc doesn't fuck up the bridal suite again. <laughs> Took me ages to get the fucking stains out the duvet. I can't believe they don't know I'm Civic Cloaca. Fuck me. Jesus Christ. I learned their names and everything. Can 100% naturally, I just say, Nah, I'm, I'm just messing with, messing with you, Civic. Civic Cloaca. Bartender of the, the breaking barnacle. Bit bendy barnacle. <laughs> He, he cracks out a wry grin. He's like, oh, you're fucking with me. D- don't call me Civic. It's Civic Cloaca. You hear the inside of his thoughts still. You can't turn it off. As he's like, oh, there you go. They did know my name. You must be getting more famous, Civic. And look at that. They're in an open relationship with a goblin. Fantastic. <laughs> Haven't times changed? You can't quite switch off the thoughts. <laughs> trying, to, trying to switch off is getting too much information now. <laughs> Just Belsiar slapping the side of his face. Yeah, so you're in the bar? Yeah, uh, unusual, like high bar top, a couple of revelers kind of leaning against the bar top, sipping on pints, chatting. Every so often somebody turns to look at you. You see a beautiful roaring fire. A lady has slinked up to the fire and has just lay down in front of it next to another dog. There's a Brussels griffin 
that's currently curled up next to the fire is Lady and the Brussels Griffin, a kind of like, uh, sorry, Barbara and the Brussels Griffin, a nose to nose, uh, just sort of sensing each other up a little bit. Uh, there's a bit of a card game going on at the back. And the stage where Belsiar did his one-time famous magic show uh, is currently empty. I guess I'll go up to Civet. What ho, friend? Don't know where that came from. <laughs> <laughs> I'll count up everyone in the party and just be like, we'll take like three or four rooms. That should that should be enough for this amount of us between us and the between us and the menagerie. If you've if you've got if you've got some rooms free for tonight, he spins around. And he pulls a clipboard from underneath the bar and he sort of takes a feather pen, which is weird now that I think about it. A Aracocra using a feathered pen, that would be a bit like a human using a bloody finger or a pen. <laughs> there we go. Uh, he takes the feather uh, and scans down. He's like, oh, you think I could probably do you uh, three rooms if you would like? I can't guarantee they'll all be like next to each other. They may be spread out across the top floor. Oh, one of them's the very attic as well. I think you stayed in the attic last time. He's like, yeah, for sure. Uh, now, will you be needing, will you be needing meals to go with that, or is it just lodging? Yeah, we'll need some food as well, breakfast as well, if you have it. Do we have breakfast? And and women? Oh, well, sorry, sorry, no, no. I think wait. you might be mistaking this uh, for the raunchy unicorn. <laughs> I don't know, no. The ranchy unicorn's a whole different place. I mean, yes, the tables are all greasy and come with dancers, but it does do a fuck of a Sunday roast. But no, we are not the ranchy unicorn. I could make an introduction for you there if you would like to become members, but no, there will be no women. But if you are interested in three rooms and a bit of dinner, I've got some stew on the go as he points back to there's like a cauldron of kind of like weird... Meat stew. It's been on the boil all day. I could sort you out with a carb of bread, a bit of a uh, bit of meat stew, and then in the morning, yeah, famous continental breakfast. We don't fuck around here. Now you're now you're talking. Board and lodging. I could probably eight silver pieces. How does that sound? Sounds good. I'll hand it over for anyone who wants uh, a nightcap. I'll grab us. I'll grab us a round of drinks as well. Can I ask CC if he knows anything about these? These elves knocking about. Cece, what's going on? As he looks around, confused at the moment, like looking behind it, he looks behind him at the, the the rows and rows and rows of like glass bottles. He's just like, fuck Cece. As then it's only dawns on him that you're being overly familiar. As he's like, hooray, how you doing on Ursh? You don't know the damage you did to that bloody bridal suite. Fuck me. You burn a hole in the fucking planking on the floor. Don't know what you got up to. You don't know damage that happened to me that night. <laughs> I don't know. I was picking fucking fish bones out the fucking mattress for God knows how long. Picking fish bones out my ass. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm getting dangerously close to asking you for a cleaning deposit, so maybe less tales of debauchery, all right? No, that's tonight, buddy. Don't worry. All right. You're looking a bit pale. Oh? Uh, oh, yeah. I just really need some stew. Yeah, some, <laughs> some real hearty stew would be good. Human food. You also appear to have got something on your chin there and down the front of your tunic. So, you know, communal bathroom if you want. I could get uh, Helga to run you a bath. No, I'll give you a copper pieces. Bath, thank you. That'd be, that'd, that'd all right, cool. all right, all right. 
Oh, all right, all right. Uh, okay. It's just juice, by the way. It's just an unfortunate juice box. Sure, <laughs> sure, sure. Yes, I, we've all been caught out with that. Yeah, sure, sure. As uh, he's just slowly backing away. How can I help you? Uh, he's pouring you all round at this point. Um, he's putting like foamy mugs of ale onto the countertop one by one. Uh, as he's like, how can I help you? We've noticed a lot of these fancy boy elves knocking about. What do you, what do you know? Fancy boy! <laughs> All right, hold on. <laughs> he looks slightly confused as he's like, no, can't say I do. I mean, to be fair, this place is a 24-hour kind of deal. I don't tend to get out too much married to it. We don't get a fair amount of elves in here, to be honest. Not really their bag. You know, they're meticulously clean and all. As he just wipes a feathered finger across the bar top and it comes back sooty black. Not really their bag. <laughs> well, it's my bag, so lovely chatting, Cece. Ah, it's quite all right. As he, he hammers down a foamy mail... Mail? What the fuck am I talking about? He hammers down a foamy mug of ale in front of you, Hanash. You think I'm going to let that go? A foamy mail on the on the bar? Yeah, foamy mail. There's just a soapy man. <laughs> a foamy mail gets slammed down big style on this bar He just top. parts his feathers and you just see one hard nipple on his goose flesh. Uh, no. And and also you see uh, the other bar, the bar lady, Helga, goes round the side of the bar and just puts a nice little bowl of water in front of Barbara, who puts her head up for scritches Ugh. and goes back to warming herself by the fire and sniffing the Brussels griffin. Dreamy. If there's a table free that has that wind, one of those windows next to it that we can just see outside the busty barnacle. Sure. I might see if I can grab that and just casually, like every now and again, just take a look outside, see if I see any more elves. Sure, sure, sure. So you pull yourself up, uh, it's a little bay window, and it's got like a round table on it and some benches at the back, as you subtly prop yourself up there with um, your ales. Now, I will tell you at this point, Civic Cloaca is such a fan of you, he gave you the first round on the house to welcome you back. So, no charge. As Tati, you lean back and you look through the windows, it's got that kind of slightly yellowy, sooty build-up on the pane from years of not having been washed with a log fire on the inside as you spit on your sleeve and just kind of like <laughs> make a like circular clean bit in the window as you peer out you just see people coming and going this way and that okay i'm not worried about it I just enjoy my last drink of the evening before i guess we swan off to bed okay is there anything in particular you would like to do uh, obviously you've got your three rooms uh, they're all you know, there's there's enough beds for all of you. Um, you've you've got the option. I mean, before before you head up, certainly uh, Helga comes along and uh, in front of each of you puts a bowl of stew. It's just slow cooked meats and vegetables, all got a myriad of different root vegetables. And if you're being honest, it's pretty chewy meat. It's not the best cuts, but being that it's been slow boiled, uh, some of the chewier meats have softened up. She chucks an old bone over to Barbara, who very happily uses her canine teeth to crack at the bone and get the marrow from the inside as she comes back with a bowl with lots of slices of crusty bread in it and all of you, you know, except the vampires possibly, who just stare at the stew, slightly confused. I like 
pretend to eat it, but just like spill it all down my all down the front of my chest. <laughs> so you, you used what like the little chunks of meat to try and mop up the rest of the stew, but then just eat the meat. <laughs> As all you hear is grumbling coming from the side tatties, you look over and um, Toadflaps is complaining as she's like stabbing at her bowl as suddenly exploding out the centre of the bowl, you see two arms as Pekato like <laughs> swims up in her bowl of stew like, doing a backstroke and she's like, oh, fucking familiars, I've had more than enough of this shit as she just slams a fork down into the middle of Pekato who pretends to be wounded and dying <laughs> and then gets up and just giggles and just runs bare ass across the table, leaving a streak of hot soup with a with a fork sticking out of his midriff back into your pocket. Funniest guy I know. Finish up the stew, finish up my beer, and then just head up to bed. Okay. I'm not really planning on anything else tonight. Who's shacking up with who? Just, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to force anything dodgy to happen, just purely from a narrative point of view. And all of our diehard fans and statisticians would love to know with the three rooms, how are you how are you divvying that up? I, I'm gonna head out uh, when we get to the room. I'm gonna turn into a gaseous form and go do some sneak snooping. Oh. That's my guy. A- any room's good for me. So I presume the two vampires are gonna shack up together, being that you've got similar to diet or not? Actually that's an idea. Um not to derail the whole plan, but it occurs to me that I'm not going to be able to go shopping tomorrow. <laughs> what if it being the daytime? So, can I go out and find like a 24 hour, I don't know, supermarket or a, a quickie magic, magic shop? Yeah. Quickie, quickie magic! <laughs> <laughs> okay, yes, I'm hearing lots of mixed messages here. Some of you want to stay and rest, some of you want to go out. So, let's deal with this in varying bits. So we, we'll split this up, okay? You've got three rooms that you can divvy up between all of you. Tatty, you are up in the high attic room. You've been in this room before. It's got a lovely little chimney nook with a bed in it. And as you put your 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 goods and your your boots and whatever on the bed, you lean back and you can feel the warmth coming up the chimney breast. Although the, although there's no fireplace in your room, the the, the heat from the hearth down in the inn. Is, is heating your room nicely as you yeah, put all your stuff. Your, your bed is just underneath the, the, the alcove of the roof angle. So that's a kind of like nice time as you, as you put your stuff in and start relaxing. You look over. Um, Aristobulus is doing some sort of weird Pilates shit. He's stripped off down to his pants and he's doing some truly inappropriate stretching as he's like, hey, if I don't do it, my back will be fucking murder. I'm sorry. As he stares at you between his legs. He's that flexible? Jesus. Oh yeah. The things that guy's done in I'm more I'm more worried that he's that flexible than the the kind of Pilates shit that he's doing. Okay. Noted. <laughs> now uh you settle down, you know, you kick off your boots, put them by the fire uh, put them by the uh, chimney to warm up, and uh you you start settling down now Hanash and Belsia you make your way on the floor below into your room standard room again uh, two beds table set of drawers etc you settle your goods down 
it, you know, taken off what equipment you have, etc. Hanashi, you go over to the mirror and just stare at it for a while, seeing nothing. Slightly bemused as you wave your hand back and forth, you no longer have a reflection. As Belsia, you leap onto the bed and it creaks and shuffles. As you look down, you realize one of the bed legs is slightly cracked and broken and is propped up on a book. Well, that's going to get a bad review. <laughs> that's not what I expect from the busty barnacle. <laughs> I was so convinced you were going to go with another purposefully wrong name as well. <laughs> I have a question, a reflection question. It, is the metal bit reflecting? Do I just see the metal bit or is like that part of me now? Oh. You know, like my, my little hole. Oh, God. Now you're asking. Uh, all gone. Like, I, like, are your clothes reflected? No, Because your clothes is. aren't your clothes, aren't you? Your weapon no. isn't you. We, we, we're going for the sake of completeness. Sanity. We're going to say, otherwise you guys will fuck around. You'll wear different things. You'll you'll be like, is my makeup fucking invisible? And like, it's, it's gonna, I can't, I'm not going down that rabbit hole. Mm. You're, you are totally non-reflective. Yep. So there's you two in your room. All right? Cool. Tatty, you're settling in for the evening? I'll let Barbara get comfortable. And then I might just let her like lie on my lap or something like that as I go to sleep. Uh, or like lie at the end of the bed or something like that. You hear a tap at the door as you settle down, as you go, assuming it's going to be like Maud or someone like that. You open the door, looking left and right, there's nothing there. As you look down, you just see the Brussels griffin as it just trots confidently past your leg into the room next to Barbara. Okay. I guess I stay up to make sure he's not could attempt something that she doesn't want. Okay. Consent is important, all right? Especially with animals. <laughs> I think just generally? Tell that to people trying to breed pandas. Jesus Christ. That was the roughest summer job I've ever had. Probably wasn't that great for the pandas either. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I was straight out of uni. I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't have all of the, you know, tricks in my toolbox. You were a much more handsome man, much more desired by the pandas. Yeah, true. Right, I mean, I'm leaving that content where it is. Maybe we'll get into it for the patrons. Okay, at this point, are both of the vampires, Belsia, Hanash, are you going out independently or together? Um, I've got my own shit to do. I mean, I guess... Yeah, independently. I'm going to be gaseous. He's going to be fleshy. Formious. <laughs> <laughs> The new buddy cop show. One of them's gassy, one of them's fleshy. Coming soon to ABC. Gassy and fleshy. <laughs> Belsia, you see that on the bedside is a small bowl of clean water to wash your hands in. As you put your hand in, your hand just starts sizzling as you scream and pull your hand out with the water. You turn around just in time to watch Hanash, who was waving at himself in the mirror, just go... Poof, and just turn into thousands of glittery particles that just... As the door just... Closes. Not that he needed to use the door. He is gaseous. That was overkill. <laughs> he could have just slid underneath it. But he wanted you to know that he was leaving. Yeah, I want him to know. Yeah. It's rude otherwise. As a, as a gaseous cloud. Just to be different, not wanting to copy Hanash, I'm going to turn into a bat and fly out the window. <laughs> Because it'd be awkward if we go out the same way. You turn into a bat, 
Having watched your friend turn into a myriad of kind of sparkles that just glittered and evaporated, you think I'm going to do better than that. As you turn into a bat, as you hear a small yelp, you look over at Toadflaps, who's got the third bed, who's been staring at you the whole time. As you just panic and fly at the window, it's shut as there's a toof as you just bounce off the window pane, landing on the sill. <laughs> like a moth, I just like, keep flying into it. <laughs> doof, doof, doof. Eventually, Toad Flaps is like, all right, all right, you motherfucker. As she just walks up, opens the window, as you go, as you just fly off into the night. She's, she shouts off after you, I'll leave the window open. Thank you. And don't be sucking me off in the night. As uh, you both head off into the night. Now, we're going to take a break there, listeners. Yes, Dungeon Daddy. Please stop calling me Dungeon Daddy. I'm going to start penalising you. Penalising isn't a good word to use in the same sentence as Daddy. (laughs) (laughs) To be fair, when I said it, I I didn't say Dungeon. I just called you Daddy. (laughs) So... (laughs) Even less comfortable. Well, there you go. We're going to pause there for this week. But before we let you go, we just want to say a massive thank you for tuning in for another dollop of fun-packed fantasy fucknuggetry. Now then, seeing as you made it this far, why not consider hitting that subscribe button and never miss another episode again? Better yet, if you're feeling all kinds of fruity, why not consider giving us a five-star review on whatever podcasting platform you are on? All of your reviews and recommendations go a really long way towards spreading the word of our misadventures far and wide and if you fancy chatting to us about anything you've heard across the course of this episode your best bet is to come track us down on the dread platform x formerly known as twitter where you can find us at adventurers a-n-o number one or you can find us on all the other usual candidates like instagram and facebook and reddit etc well that just leaves time to say a massive goodbye from chris raggy matt and myself with any luck we'll see you back here next week for more fun-packed fantasy folk nuggetry. Adventure is out.